Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 3.05 at Edmonton, 5.05 at Wells Fargo Center, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The Oilers and the... Flyers tonight, puck drop just after 5.35 Edmonton time. Do want to mention today, Roos Chris Steakhouse is hosting the perfect night out, an exquisite five-course wine-pairing dinner. You can uh, check it out for a culinary journey accompanied by Napa Valley's finest wines. can still get in reservations, 780-990-0123, or visit Roos Chris Steakhouse on Eventbrite. Right. Chris is open Tuesdays through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. All right, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline for Century Casino Edmonton. Every day is game day at Century Casino Sports Bar and Lounge. Head to Century Casino on 131st Ave and Fort Road. We're going to be there next Thursday. We welcome back to the show from NHL Hockey and Rogers. He's coming in for the Heritage Classic next week. We welcome back Ron McLean. Hello, Ron. How you doing? I'm great, Bob. So tell me, what are we doing next Thursday? What's going on at uh, Century? Well, we're we're doing a. It's called a remote. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna do the show. Uh, hopefully, you're gonna join me for an hour, and then you're gonna take I will. pictures. You're going to take yeah. pictures for a half an hour. <laughs> I'll definitely be there with uh, bells on. Looking forward to it. All right. It'll be awesome. Uh, I, just uh, for the listeners, as they can probably tell, they're just going through their pre-roll here in the building at Wells Fargo Center. So we're about two and a half hours away from puck drop. Ron, the uh, the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, man, oh, man, you know, the NFL, they have a term overreaction Monday after the first uh, Sunday of the NFL regular season. The Oilers got off to an 0-2 start. They played pretty well in the second game. Only gave up 16 shots on goal to Vancouver, but lost 4-3. Obviously, the 6-1 victory on uh, Tuesday in Nashville helps out a bit. Just your thoughts on uh, on maybe not reading too much into anybody's start to the season. No, and that, that's uh, the truth of the matter right there. But you did say to me on the phone before the game in Nashville, uh, the Oilers could use a save tonight. And did they ever get that? 15 of them in the first period and six you know, grade A chances, and that allowed them to be a 4 nothing leader in a game that could have easily been uh, 4-2 or 4-3, and not only that, but as you know, when Nashville got their power play goal early in the second, they then almost scored immediately after that, yeah. except Campbell came to the rescue yet again, so that's actually uh, when you count the preseason, as uh, Jay Woodcroft was saying, about seven weeks of excellence. Uh, the only goal I would even come close to faulting him on was the Connor Garland, and it was a tricky play, right? It was a, Elias yeah. Pedersen had sent that saucer, Hail Mary, and kind of a tough read and a bit of a defensive miscue, a bad line change, the whole thing kind of fell in on them on a, on an off night. So it's a good road win. Um, and, you know, when you keep uh, inquiring, what can they do to shore up the lineup even more uh, and usually settle on a right-hand shooting defenseman? But the fact is, if they get that kind of goaltending, they don't have to do a thing. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, not everybody's going to want to hear that. You can text us on our Ashley Five Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Your thoughts on uh, 
Jack Campbell getting his second consecutive start after officially now stopping 42 of 43 shots. The NHL's moved to a new stats package. I don't know how you found the new website, but... Uh, Not good. Not good okay. yet. There, yes. <laughs> so it would be... Uh, makes for bad radio. I agree. Uh, but uh, no, it's a tr- let me ask you this. When you're sitting there on the desk on a Saturday night the Oilers are playing... Do you ever catch yourself, okay, we can't talk about Connor all the time or Leon all the time because I had somebody say to me on yesterday's show, and we've moved the shows around this week, as you know, because on game days we move up. uh, On non-game days we're 5-7 to back in Edmonton. But I had somebody text me at 640 last night and say, you haven't even talked about Connor McDavid's goal and just how incredibly athletic and gifted you have to be from potentially losing your balance to taking it in one stride and hopping on a bit of a miscue and going in and scoring. Do you guys sit there when you're, okay, here's what we're going to discuss, go, well, we can't talk about McDavid, or can you? Can you never talk about him enough? No, he, he does it to us every time. We we think we're going to be balanced and uh, egalitarian, and then McDavid does it McDavid, and we're stuck, you know, uh, raving about him for the whole intermission. And nothing wrong with that. Like, I've got uh, a little video prepared for Saturday night of a figure skater from the United States, Jason Brown, who does a lot of work on his uh, knees. He does a lot of sliding. Uh, he's very artistic. And what's neat about him, he's born in L.A., raised in Chicago, but he's lived better part of the last decade in Toronto, training with Tracy Wilson and Brian Orser. And he did what Connor did in Nashville so uh, at the World Championship. So I'm going to show that. But then, you know what, Leon will score five goals and we'll have to do a, an about face. And that happens all the time. Like already we're kind of preparing and thinking about uh, saucer passes is going to be a focus because there's been some beauties already. Um, and I think, you know, just uh, listening to you and Louie and uh, Warren Fogel's interview was great. I loved how he credited Holloway and McLeod for their excellence uh, early on and said just they're due for a goal. So he didn't uh, quickly move into, I'm a top sixer and forget about his former line. That was great. I think it's excellent that Jay is moving guys around a little bit. I, I know in my experience, Bob, in Red Deer, we had two great coaches of the AAA Chiefs program, Dave Manning and then Doug Quinn. And both of them did the same thing. They would play just about everyone at every position, and especially special teams and PK, and give everybody a shot at just about everything until mid-January. And then they set their roster for the playoff run. But the idea was, let's have everybody capable of filling in when we do get an injury in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But Fogel, great. Uh, it was nice to see Dayarnay uh, coming in. So yeah, it was a. It's a, not an overreaction. It's just kind of what we were expecting, <laughs> and we weren't expecting the eight-one blowout first night in Vancouver. I, I I didn't expect that you to talk about figure skating. Uh, I actually worked with Norm Proft in the late 1980s when he was the number three ranked Canadian figure skater and he was best friends with Kurt Browning and Michael Slipchuk and as you know I I had like 60 pounds on that at that time yeah. I didn't have 100 pounds on them I had about 60 pounds of them and occasionally those guys like to have a good time and uh, they were absolute rock stars at that time at Edmonton I mean the best oh, for fig- sure. the best figure skating on the planet was uh, taking place in Edmonton, as you know, back then. Uh, you know, and it was, they, th- those guys had as much confidence and charisma as, you know, some of the NHL stars that the owners had in the early or early to mid-1980s. Like, it was amazing uh, to watch those. Of course, they were at the Royal Lenora. It was a very, and, and I, I think it does speak to something, Ron, that when you're around other greats, 
you know, through osmosis, Peter Zosky wrote about this in the game of our lives, right? Yeah. Talked about all the orders of the 80s improving. And I, I'm sure you can shed some insight on that as well. Well, for me, Bob, uh, I have a very fond recollection of the first time we did Battle of the Blades. So we were at Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, and honest to God, you could have heard a pin drop in the dressing room where the uh, NHL players who were now donning, they, they most of them skated in hockey skates the initial show, and they flipped into their figure skates as we went along that rookie season. By year two, everybody was in figure skates the whole way through. But Claude Lemieux and Shailen Bourne hit the ice first. We'd had meeting upon meeting about uh, when there's an injury. We were so expecting a skate to cut somebody, an accident to happen in one of the overhead lifts. And we were making all these contingencies for how this live broadcast, live to Atlantic Canada, and then they piggyback it across the country. But what we were to do when we had this serious situation on the ice and St. John's Ambulance and medical workers, so we were all a wreck. We were so scared going on the ice except for one thing. Kurt Browning. I, I was standing with Kurt in the Zamboni, and he was as light as a feather in terms of his way, and he was... I actually... we He and I had a little 45-second choreographed skate out to the camera, and I clipped his skate right at the start of the skate. Uh, <laughs> any normal human would have been down, you know, in yeah. five pieces, but he, of course, rallied through it and didn't even let on, uh, and he had to count me. Like, we, would, we were doing... It was Brian Adams' music, and I could not... You know, I was a former DJ for crying out loud and I could not catch the beat of the music to, to choreograph to it and Kurt while skating while avoiding my skate clamoring into his was going five six seven eight under his breath he was kind of counting me to when we would shift into a different move it was unbelievable and he, and he he was such a joy he's considered the greatest free skater in the history of the sport and uh, yeah anything Connor can do Kurt can do and not only can he do it in figure skates he can do it in hockey skates and he can do it in inline skates which I bet you Connor could do uh, if he tried amazing yeah. Yeah, David Pelche, by the way, the Oilers. Uh, well, there you go. And he was great coach. on our show. Won it with Tessa Bonham. It was the first time we had a female hockey player win the uh, Battle of the Blades crown. Craig Simpson that year won it. Should give yeah. kudos to Craig. But, yeah, it's uh, it, it, that sport, honestly, uh, our time with it and all the NHL players who came in. We had Bob Probert and uh, Ty Domi that first year, and we had lots of tough players come in and do it. Their respect for figure skating so off the charts. The, the courage it takes to, you know, be up in the air and all of it. There, there goes the horn. <laughs> it, it's a great sport. We found that out in, in spades on blades. Yeah, there you go. Uh, by the way, you worried about uh, potential skate cuts. Uh, is, you're going down the Blades of Glory path with Chaz Michaels Michaels. And, uh, yeah. Whatever they did. Well, it happened to George LaRock. He got clipped. Uh Annabelle Lanois was his partner, and she came from... I mean, when George had her at the end of an arm in a lift, she's literally 10 feet in the air. Yeah. And she slipped, and her skate went right through him. And, uh, you know, typical George, he he didn't even let on. I didn't know. That's surprising. You know, because Jason Smith... Jason Smith, who was the captain of the Flyers after the Oilers traded him in the summer of 07, he, Robin Brownlee's line was, Jason Smith had the pain threshold of a cadaver. Uh, my, my experience with George, and I used to see him at Body by Bennett back in the day, <laughs> was that he was not quite as tough as Jason. So he does the show every Friday. I'm going to have to bring this up with him yeah. next week. Well, and Strudwick, too, right? Jason Strudwick was yeah. on our, our Battle of the Blades, and he didn't he didn't. He was not a uh, Nuriev when he played in the NHL. No. But when he came to Blades, he honestly didn't take a uh, wrong step in seven episodes. He he was really solid. Went to the podium. Uh, Violetta Fenisieva was his partner, and 
and he said yoga. He, he had he had really only started yoga after his career, um, but it gave him the strength and the and the flexibility to be able to do some of what's required in figure skating. And he was incredible on the show. I had I had Stu McGregor in the Southside Athletic Club in the early '80s, and Stu was the GM of Kamloops, who found Strudwick at like 17. And he was raw, and uh, kudos to Stu for having an eye yeah. for talent. He didn't hit on all of his Oilers picks. We know that, but uh, he certainly recognized the uh, the biggest thing Jason has is just character and will, and he found a way to make it. Those are often the guys we identify with the most, Ron. Well, you're going to have Keith Jones on, and Keith Jones, as you know, was 18 years old playing Junior C here in Ontario. And, uh, you know, the Wikipedia thinks he's the oldest uh, player ever to, you know, make the leap to the National Hockey League while still playing Junior C at that age. Don't know if that's true, but it's, you know, he was a Paris Mountie. I used to go Bob and referee in Paris, Ontario all the time, just outside Brantford. Uh, You know, that's definitely not the road to the National Hockey League, but he parlayed a great season there and then a following great year in Junior uh, one notch up in Niagara into at least a scholarship, and then one thing led to another, and he had a fine decade in the National Hockey League. Quite impressive. Yeah, we're about 14 minutes away from that interview. We're joined by Ron McLean for Century Casino Sports Bar and Lounge. A reminder, we will be there in person next Thursday. You get a chance to meet Ron, one of the most popular sportscasters in Canadian sports history. And you know what, Ron? It's interesting. I, I, I think of being here in Philly. And the first time I came here with Rod Phillips, it was still... Actually, Rod missed that trip. He was up with the inner ear infection. It was me and Rob Brown doing the game. But uh, I, I think of the Broad Street Bullies, and I was a Canadians fan. Gila Fleur was my favorite player. But there was a game. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever, I don't know if the tape exists, but there was a preseason game at the end of the preseason, 75-76, after the Flyers played the Canadians, or after the Flyers won back-to-back Stanley Cups. And the Canadians made sure they had all the tough guys, you know, uh, Shanahan's older brother and Goldup and all those other guys up from uh, Halifax, and they threw down. And there was like 12 or 13 fights. They had like the 10 toughest guys in their organization. Larry Robinson tells this story, and I'm like, uh, and and he said that was when it actually changed. The Canadians sort of wrestled control back. Of course, they swept the Flyers in the 76 playoffs. A very different game then than now, but uh, it didn't make it less entertaining back in the day either, Ron. Oh, my God. The energy in that spectrum was, you know, beyond. It was like a thunder when, uh, for sure, in my early years at Hockey Night in Canada, Ron Hextall became the starting goaltender after, God love him, Kelly Lundberg. Uh, but when Ron would come down the tunnel with the, the Flyers out of the dressing room and, you know, let's go Flyers, and everybody would stomp their feet on what were kind of aluminum stands for the first, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 rows. It was incredible energy, and I and the first playoffs I did, uh, we had Montreal playing Philadelphia. We we're back and forth with that series, and that was the uh, the famous Claude Lemieux and Shane Corson had a routine where they would oh, throw yeah. the puck into the empty net at the end of warm up, right? You remember it? Had oh, yeah. Hospitar, Boxcar Hospitar came out to uh, challenge them with Chico Resch. He was there was two Flyers and two Montreal, and then the next thing you know, it's like guys out there with bare feet and a crazy ride ensues uh, before the game in Montreal, and the stupidest part was uh, all around all the vomitories, all the exits, the, they had these like blue, red, and white shower curtains. They closed them and said to the public, you can't come in. We've got a problem inside. And bless their hearts, the fans all stood there, very polite Montrealers, all stood outside the curtains and missed the WWF was going on inside. It, it was crazy. I remember, uh, was it, and then Hextall went after Chelios in the 89 playoffs. As, That's right. Uh, as they were getting eliminated by uh, uh, Montreal, and uh, he, I mean, the golf swing on uh, 
Kent Nielsen in the 1987 Stanley Cup final, and that one should have never. That, Ron, for me, I, I, I know the fans voted the 85 teams the best team of all time. Mm-hmm. I've talked to numerous Oilers Hall of Fame players. Virtually every single guy says the 87 team is better. What are your thoughts on that just to wrap up? Yeah, well, you know, the only thing is is the the core was great. It kind of reminds me of what I just said about Jack Campbell. As long as they get some saves, you know, yeah. this team has got everything that's required. They're, you know, the, when you have that one-two punch as, as Edmonton had once upon a time, and they've got it now, uh, everything else, uh, like you said, and Zosky said, you know, it kind of rises up uh, within it. And and you see a guy like Warren Fogle, you know, uh, my, my guy that hired me, Bob, in broadcasting was – Bill Ewell, who is in Medicine Hat, and his you know father made their money in the theater business, but he was a great broadcaster. He had Monarch Broadcasting, and now he's got Everett in the uh, yeah. Western Hockey League and, of course, some other teams. But Bill Ewell hired me. Bill attended the same college, St. Andrews, here in Vaughan, Ontario, that Warren Fogle went to, and it's a, a really great, you know, program and bill would always ask me to come back and speak and raise some money for the school and it's really cool to see fogel uh you know representative of that character and zach hyman's the same cut from the exact same cloth and edmonton had that that was you know that 87 team you know mac t all these guys that did it kind of for steve smith right they had kind of a rallying point and yeah that was a that was a great when glenn anderson scored in the third period and the roof blew off the whatever we were calling it then probably north lines coliseum that's one of the most exciting you know just a routine goal quick release typical glenn anderson one of these vancouver shooters uh what a great stanley cup that was ron awesome stuff we look forward to seeing you next week thank you for joining us on oilers now have a good one tonight bob thank you you bet. That is Ron McLean. He's brought to you every Thursday by Century Casino Edmonton. Every day is game day at Century Casino Sports Bar and Lounge. Head to Century Casino on 131st Avenue and Fort Road. So we wrapped up our New West road trip number one this year into Nashville. Uh, our second trip is in Montreal. It's in January. And I can tell you that due to popular demand, we've added a second package to this trip. The first uh, portion of the trip's already sold out. You get your chance to watch the Oilers play the Canadians on Saturday night. There's nothing quite like going to Montreal. This package includes airfare, three nights in a deluxe hotel in downtown Montreal, game tr- tickets. We've actually got two private suites for the games with food and drinks, and of course, a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests, exp- and, and not just in uh, Montreal, but in Edmonton as well. Experience the incredible hockey history in Montreal this January to be a part of this awesome Montreal roadie. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. When we return on Oilers Now, we'll get to the game day lineup report, and then I'll have a really obscure Oilers game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports. Bob Stoffer joining you from Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 527 in uh, Philadelphia, 327 in Edmonton. Into the game day lineup report brought to you by McGuire Financial. Have the right teammates on your side for your financial future. For a free financial consultation, visit mcguirefinancial.ca. It'll be Jack Campbell against Carter Hart, the goaltending matchup tonight. The orders lines as follows. McDavid with Kane and Dreisaitl. Uh, Dreisaitl, McDavid, both with stellar career marks against the Flyers. RNH is a point-per-game guy against Philly. He'll be with Fogel and Hyman. McLeod with Holloway 
Callaway and Brown, Yanmark and Ernie and Ryan together in the fourth line. Ekholm with Bouchard, Nurson, Cece, Kulak, and Deherney. Flyers top line, Couturier with Owen Tippett acquired in the Giroux trade. And uh, Cam Atkinson, both Couturier and Atkinson missed all of last season due to injury. Top pairing, Cam York, the 14th overall pick in 2019, and Travis Sanheim out of the Calgary Hitmen. Into game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports. All the correct answers this month. Enter to win a triple signed and framed photo from the Oilers' three Stanley Cup champion goaltenders. That would be Grant Fuhrer along with Andy Moog and uh, Bill Ranford. Visit promsports.ca. Check them out today in Edmonton on 127-28 St. Albert Trail. It's a pretty easy question if you know Oilers history. In August of 1982, who did the Edmonton Oilers trade to acquire the rat, Kenny Linsman. Linsman was with the Flyers. The Flyers ended up getting Mark Howe. But there was a player that went to another organization. You can text the 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line for the correct answer. As we head off to a global news weather traffic update at 3.30 Edmonton time with Randy Kelburn, and we we return, it'll be Keith Jones, the president of the Philadelphia Flyers and Oilers now.